I feel I must begin with an apology. To my friends, that is. For in the midst of all the pushes and pulls of life, I often find that little of me is left to give to friends, and I know I'm not alone in that. Work should always be in service of the worker, but here in the big city, the worker is increasingly in service to their work or career, leaving time for little else besides. Friendship can come to be seen as a luxury. If that's true in today's world, it can also be seen to be true in today's church. Thankfully, the gift of friendship has been receiving renewed attention in the last few years in books and other media. Yet prior to this, there had been no sustained theological thinking for 850 years. If there is one thing that 2020 has taught us, it's this. It's that friendship is not a luxury. And in each lockdown, who hasn't wanted to run and meet their friends, to be in the same place at the same time, to reach out, to touch them, to assure ourselves that they are real. We vow never to take them for granted again. You see, there are many things in life that we can go without, even most things. But I will venture to say that there is one thing we cannot be without, friends. Life goes on just fine without most of what the messaging and advertising around us tells us we must have. But life doesn't go on just fine without friends. Because without friends, we are isolated and alone in the world. London is one of the most crowded places on earth. More people per square meter than almost anywhere else. But London is also one of the loneliest places on the planet. I wonder why. Now, the Bible won't let us think of friendship as a luxury, nor treat it as something expedient. Instead, it is presented to us as a vital necessity. The book of Proverbs has so much to teach us on this front. Friendship is a rich and vast theme, but within that, the verses before us today provide clarity on just what exactly friendship is. See first, chapter 18, verse 24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. If you have a brother, the thing that binds you to them at the most basic level is blood. Can anything bring two people closer together than that? Yes. Earlier in Proverbs, in chapter 17, verse 17, we read this. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. A friend loves at all times. It is love that binds two people together in the closest possible way. When the book of Proverbs was first translated into the Greek, The word philos was the one chosen to express what is here meant by love. Today, when a person hears mention of love, their thinking often extends little beyond sexual love. But this word philos speaks of a specific love of friends, of the deep affection and high regard that exists between them. Although love can exist without friendship, 
Friendship can never exist without this particular form of love. It brings two people together in such a way that they share the same interests and lifestyles. It binds them together so that they both wish for the same things and not wish the same things. In other words, they strive towards and strive to avoid the same things in life. This isn't some out-of-reach ideal. This is true friendship, as it is meant to be experienced. Between true friends, the connection is of such depth that we might even describe them as being of one heart and mind. But this quality of friendship, it doesn't just happen. It has to be forged. There are circumstances in life when we feel we've been thrown into the furnace and we well believe it will consume us. It is a fearful thing to be in there alone. But if there is another in there with us, going through the same ordeal, what is forged there is something precious. We have now a friend who will rejoice with us when we rejoice, who will grieve with us when we grieve. Not simply because they are someone who can empathize, but because in a very real way, what belongs to you now also belongs to that friend and vice versa. How important then that we choose our friends well. Here in Proverbs chapter 19, we are being taught how to recognize a false friendship. See verse 4. Wealth attracts many friends, but even the closest friend of the poor person deserts them. What do you consider to be the benefits of friendship? We could quickly launch into reeling off a long list of perceived benefits, but we must hold off doing that. What is the benefit of friendship? The chief fruit and reward of friendship is friendship itself. What you get from it is the friend. Sure, there may be all sorts of benefits that come with them, but those benefits then follow from friendship not the other way round. Here in verse 4, what type of friendship are we seeing? Well, the friends of the wealthy person are friends with him because of his wealth, and the friends of the poor person have deserted him because of his poverty. This is a benefits-based friendship, which is no friendship at all. As one writer has put it, One who comes in good fortune and goes in misfortune loves not the person, but the person's purse. This kind of friendship is never reliable, never constant, never fixed. Yet reliability and constancy are what we most need in a friend. True friends will be there to rejoice with us in prosperity and to cushion us in adversity. You could say they make prosperity more splendid and adversity more tolerable. Here is one of the keys to freedom from anxiety. But here's the thing. Loyalty is hidden in prosperity. It only becomes conspicuous in adversity. Do we find ourselves there alone? 
it really is important that we choose our friends well. Verse 6, many curry favor with a ruler, and everyone is the friend of one who gives gifts. The poor are shunned by all their relatives. How much more do their friends avoid them? Though the poor pursue them with pleading, they are nowhere to be found. When we become fixated on the benefits we may receive from a friend, that quickly narrows the pool of those we extend the hand of friendship to. And it certainly makes that pool more bland. Who then do we exclude from being a possible friend? We easily overlook people on the basis that they have nothing or possess nothing, at least nothing that we want. But imagine, what if we pursued those from whom we can neither gain nor hope to gain anything of earthly value? Ironically, how much richer our friendships would then be? Here in these verses, the materially poor man is in view. Every time we defer to a poor man or woman, it certainly isn't out of envy that we draw near to them. So it may just be that our approach to them is genuine and sincere. Where our motive isn't earthly gain, the deeper gain from pursuing their friendship and coming to love them as a friend will be still greater. Some of the most striking words ever to come from the lips of the Lord Jesus are surely these, recorded for us in John chapter 15. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. I have called you friends. There is Jesus, surrounded by this motley collection of disciples. None of them had anything to offer Jesus. From none of them could Jesus hope to gain anything other than, other than themselves. Jesus chose those first disciples to be his friends. Think on that. The experience of friendship is a deep connection of heart and mind, so much so that what belonged to Jesus now belonged to his disciples. In other words, the boundary at which we normally mark out where one life ends and another life begins has suddenly become blurred. Jesus says this about how we are to love our friends. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. We must choose our friends well. But here's the accompanying consideration. Would others be choosing well if they chose us as their friend? There's something to ponder. As friends... We are called to stick close, to love always. We may ask ourselves, where do we draw the line? What are the limits? They're not the right questions to be asking. True friendship is never transactional. 
simply giving to the measure that we get back. The call of friendship is the call to be all in. Jesus lay down his life for his friends. That is, he held nothing back. May this be the way you and I pursue friendship. Not everyone can or should be our friend, but true friends are to be found, even in the most unlikely places. And when we found them, let's not hold back. Friendship won't always require us to lay down our all, although in times of adversity that may well be what is needed. The key thing we have to decide, even in times of prosperity, is this. Are you all in? Amen.